The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi there. Hi. Welcome. This is Gwendolyn, and welcome to our show this week at the Visual Workplace. I'm really happy you've joined us. I'm your host. We do the show weekly, and it is about letting the workplace speak. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the landscape, the dynamic landscape of work through visual devices, through visual systems, through visual mini-systems. That is how the workplace speaks, because we give it a voice through these devices. And these devices are triggered by motion when we notice that we are moving without working. We become scientists of motion. We begin to notice that. We understand motion. And then we go beyond motion and we say, what is causing it? What is causing the motion? The motion in a visual workplace is understood to be caused always by an information deficit, by missing information. And so we put the information in place. That's the beginning of our language. And that information allows us simply to flow with our work. It's feedback information. It's comparison information between normal and abnormal. It's detailed information about where, what, when, who, how many, and how. It's the information we need to support our standard operating procedures and our standard work, but also our technical standards, our tolerances, our dimensionalities. It is the language of work. The language of work, whatever that setting may be. It may be a movie house. It may be a retail store, an open pit mine, hospital, any kind of health care any kind of manufacturing, continuous process flow. It's a place where we work. We can look at, for example, McDonald's for all of the things that they may be needing to improve. This is what they got right. This part they got right. They created a highly visual performance experience for people who work there and a highly visual consumer experience for people who buy there. And it was done intentionally. It was done on purpose to let the workplace speak and to let the consumer environment speak as well so we can move through it. Whatever the environment, whatever the setting. And we get tremendous bottom line benefits, improved safety and quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking costs, and we get a splendid cultural 
output, a spirited and engaged workforce, because the barriers have disappeared. Look, you know, human beings are basically very cooperative creatures, a species. They get a little bit uh, testy when you take their food and their shelter away or when you kind of make incursions. But given a fairly stable environment, they'll want to cooperate. It's our nature to do that. But a stable environment means we know what we're doing. We know how to do it. We can feel a sense of flow and success. When that's taken away, we start getting a little irritable. Things get a little testy. What would it be like if we went to work and we enjoyed ourselves? Well, I think that that is a reasonable and, I think, important outcome. So visuality is the basis of that. Without visuality, you have no information sharing. You have information looking. We're always looking for information. And that simply erodes the ability of our work besides all of the risk and the mistakes. So I want to welcome you to the show. I'm really glad you're here. We're continuing our discussion of visual leadership on the executive level, becoming a leader of improvement, the executive function, and I'll be getting into that shortly, just a few announcements. If you haven't received it, please let us know, but our new newsletter, The Visual Thinker, is now in its second issue. We started last week. We sent it out this week. It's a nice article on using motion as a lever, becoming a scientist of motion. There's also um, some announcements. My weekly radio show announcement will be part of the weekly uh, issue of Visual Thinker. So we're, we're not sending you double emails. We're sending you a single email that has more in it. And we'll also have some kind of a template or a photo to share with you of a visual device. This week, we've chosen the list of motion motion in its thousand and perverse forms. There's about 20 or 30 examples of, of motion, something that you can easily um, click on and use. You'll also find my public seminar calendar in our weekly newsletter, The Visual Thinker. And um, my next public seminars. I'm taking uh, October and November off because we have so many developmental projects. It's just insane. But we're getting through them. We're moving through them. I'll be going to the UK the first two weeks in uh, December. I'll be going to the Edinburgh area, the Glenfiddich Grants uh, Whiskey site, their factory, and then um, Siemens in Cambridge first two weeks in the UK. We just got the brochures yesterday. We'll be posting them on our site. And our new live webinar series begins on November the 6th, one hour after this show. The show is over at 11 in Pacific, on the Pacific Coast, and we will start the a webinar an hour later. Please join us. The special cost of admission is $45, so you can bring a crowd into the room, and we will be going over this first show, The Basics of Workplace Visuality. But I'm intending to do case studies, and actually, your emails, and thank you very much for sending them, <clears throat> your emails that you send to radio at visualworkplace.com will also give us direction in terms of what you want us to um, do the webinars on. I have a list of about 10, and we can go anywhere from there. So if you're not on our mailing list, please uh, tell us your email through radio at visualworkplace.com. And, and 
Smart Simple Design is out. <laughs> Smart Simple Design Reloaded is out. It's on Amazon now. It has uh, 250 pages of very, very good discussion about the cost of complexity and the importance of variety effectiveness, 90 charts and tables and graphs. It's really, I have to say, a gorgeous book. I'm very proud of it. It's taken us about two years to get it back on its feet, and I think it's really, really lovely. <laughs> if you can call a book lovely, I love this book. <laughs> I've spent a little bit too much time with it, but <laughs> but the, the output is really good. So welcome, and let us continue our discussion now about becoming a leader of improvement on the executive level, the executive function. Last week, I shared with you the importance of these five, the five constructs, visual constructs of visual leadership on the executive function. And those five constructs begin with the operation systems improvement template, which we talked about last week. And then we continue to the X-type matrix, metrics that drive, I want to go into a discussion of stack metrics, the war room, and then finally the operations roadmap. These five mechanisms fit hand in glove with the supervisory leadership function. If you remember, those tools were visual displays, visual scheduling, again, the metrics, visual problem solving, and the operations roadmap, which is shared with the executive function. So, I'll be marrying the uh, supervisory and the executive function and show you how those work together as soon as we've outlined the uh, executive function. So we're going to continue today. We began our discussion of the Operation Systems Improvement Template, OSIT, last week. And uh, you may remember that I spoke of it as sort of like the house that you see in the House of Toyota or the Temple of Toyota the House of Danaher, the Virginia Mason uh, Hospital um, Corporation, their template for who they are. And while this kind of a construct is often um, overrated in terms of its importance to the uh, organization, when in fact it's a very weak uh, template indeed, it it does not show the kind of refinement that is needed to actually provide a direction to the company, I want to show you a slightly different way so that this becomes very useful for your improvement function. What I'm interested in is helping leaders lead improvement. And so I want to just move the house a little bit, move this uh, template a little bit so that it becomes a house for improvement that captures your improvement function and gets you started on the right foot. Today, we're going to take the top three floors of this house. We're going to look at customer vision mission. We may also have time for values and beliefs, which I'm going to tweak into principles if we get that far. But the perhaps the most important thing that I said last week to you is that you must construct this house yourself. It must be a tool for you as a leader. This may, must be a mechanism that you own and that you value because it helps you. It can't be simply an exercise, nor, as I said last week, 
nor should it simply be adopted from corporate. If you are part of a large corporation, then surely somebody upstairs has has created a customer vision, mission, values, action statement, a template, a poster, and it will have been sent to you. And it's on the wall somewhere, in your office or in the boardroom, in the main meeting room. Don't let it sit there without questioning it, without deconstructing it and making it your own. If you don't do that, then it really isn't hardly worth the paper that it is printed on. If it is only a poster, then in a way it gives you a false sense of meaning and identity, one that you don't really own. One of the things that I want to ask you to do, leaders, as you enter into this process is really find your heart and your brain and put it on the paper. I'm going to ask you to engage in this singularly as your homework, work that you do yourself, getting into your own brain and into your own desire for improvement. I want this document to be alive with you. This is the eye-driven part of visual leadership on the executive function. This is time for you to put yourself, clarify yourself on paper so that you can lead the organization, so that you can name it and you have a direction, a direction that you own, you want to own because it's come from you. And then you'll blend it with the corporate. You'll be able to, in a sense, justify the corporate's words because you understand where you fit. You understand what your enrollment is, what your view is. So we'll pick this right up after the break. I am going to ask those of you who want to, to join me in this as a homework assignment. We'll see how far we get. I'll see you in a minute. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn. This is the second segment of our show. We are now going to walk through the house and do the top three floors and see how far we get on that. I should say we are going to first talk about the major element, and that is the service to your customer. So I want you to imagine a house. I'm going to name the pieces going from the top to the ground floor, and then we will cover that this week and next week. So it begins with the customer, then moves to vision, please don't groan, (laughs) mission, don't groan again, values and beliefs, And then we pick strategy. In this case, we're going to be picking your operational strategy as compared to your acquisition strategy or financial strategy, marketing strategy, etc. We will then, after strategy, look at the macro metric. How do you measure if that strategy is working or not? And then we're going to look at the strategic principles that support At this point, we've already deviated from the house that corporate has given you or your your normal look at the house, for example, of Toyota. And we're now going to focus on, next we'll focus on the tactical targets. And after that, what are the tools and methods that allow you to improve those tactical targets? And that's the house. Okay, so it has those elements As I said to you a couple of shows ago, for me, if you don't have this kind of clarity, if you haven't taken the time, it's the difference between skiing down your favorite mountain in beautiful powdery snow and getting lost there without any food, without any water, without any skis, and without anybody knowing where you are. It's that radical a difference. So leaders, I want to invite you to do what I'm describing as a homework assignment. It may take you longer than the week between our discussions. It may take you a while. It may take you a couple of months. But this is so important to you, for you to do. And I'm going to ask you, you don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to tell anybody that you're doing this work. Just muddle through. And get something that speaks to you, that speaks to your eye, that inspires your eye, that rewards it for its hard work, that gives it a a direction. Engage in this as a series of assignments. And each of these components you do separately. So in terms of beginning, we look at the customer. The first element is the customer. That means the logic of your template of this operation systems improvement template begins with your customer. How will you make sure to serve, 
satisfy, and even delight your customer. That's the purpose of the whole house. But this time in terms of improving that service, improving that satisfaction, improving that delight, name your market. Name your market. And you all are already very clear on that. No company exists without clarity on who's our customer. So you've got that in place. Your homework is over there. The next improvement element in the template, this is number two, is vision. I know that you have looked at the possibility of finding your vision in the past and you have probably groaned about it because, you know what, it's too much work. What's it about anyway? And what's the difference between vision and mission? So I want to walk you through this now. And again, my purpose is to give you confidence that you do know what this is and you can do it. You ask yourself this, what on the highest level do I want my company to be known for? What do I want us to stand for, to represent, to demonstrate commitment to? What is our vision? What is our binding resolve? And this vision has some weight to it. It has some gravitas. Here's an example. An organization, a a national organization whose focus is economic benefit. Their vision is a world without poverty. That's it. That's their vision, a world without poverty. It's inspirational. It's short. It's succinct. The, leader, the leaders of the organization may change, but this is their vision. The vision outlines what the organization wants to be long-term, looking at the future. It's emotional, and as I say, it's a source of inspiration. So I want you to think about this. You know, Jack Welch said something really great. I have very mixed feelings about Jack Welch, but I like this that he said. Good business leaders create a vision, articulate the vision, and passionately own the vision. And they pursue it relentlessly to completion. That certainly spoke to him. That was a way of summarizing what Jack Welch was about. He really, really believed passionately. And that was the wonderful thing about Jack Welch. He owned the whole thing. He owned it on the macro level. He owned it on a micro level. There was no part of the organization that he didn't fuss with, that he didn't stamp with his own vision, his own mind, and his own heart. He was a very, that made him very, very powerful. But he knew what he was about. And that's the point here, leaders. You have to know what you're about. Whether you're extruding plastic parts or you're working on world poverty. You have to have the words to articulate. This is what we're about. Vision is the key element. Where there is no vision, there is no business. It is a clear sense of direction, and I'll contrast it very soon with mission so that you can see uh, the difference. And and, and there's a a wonderful uh, pair of authors named Kuzas and Posner. They wrote something called The Leadership Challenge about 25, 30 years ago. And I think it's the best book on leadership there is, and they've done subsequent studies. Kuzas is K-O-U-Z-E-S and Posner, P-O-S-N-E-R. 
Kuzas and Posner, the leadership challenge. It's still in print. And they said this, and I love it. When you get through the easy answers and come to those with the greatest personal meaning, you are on the right track for finding your vision. Vision is, and now I'm going on, these are my words. (laughs) Vision is the why. Vision is the acute sense of the possible. Uh, For example, Steve Jobs, our friend Steve Jobs. This is what he said. In our hearts, minds, guts, and muscle, we stand for bringing computer power to the people so they can share in the fun. See, this isn't really a driving mission. It isn't what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. It's what we are about, why we're in business. In our hearts, minds, guts, and muscle, we stand for bringing computer power to the people so they can share in the fun. Scandinavian airline, they didn't talk about getting people to the right place on time safely. Their vision is, let us remember, we, those are my words, here's their vision, we fly people, not airplanes. That was their vision statement. We fly people, not airplanes. Beautiful, simple. Perhaps the most famous, known by everyone. Vision is from Martin Luther King. I have a dream. I have a dream, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. We enroll in that because Mr. King articulated it. We say yes. We say yes. Florida Power and Light, just before it won the Deming Prize, way back when. During the next decade, we want to become the best managed electrical utility in the United States and an excellent company overall, and we want to be recognized for it. That's what powered Florida Power and Light to go after the Deming Prize. They wanted to be recognized for it. This was their vision. Okay? So you... you don't have to find a way to say it in 15 words. You just have to write what's in your heart, leaders. And this is a show about visuality. But I'm saying to you, if you don't know what's in your heart, if you can't find your eye and hear it speak, you will not be able to learn the constructs of visuality in such a way that they serve you very, very well. When you are given vision, mission uh, values, when you're giving this poster, this house by corporate, you have to own it. And, you know, I count you as a little bit lucky if you don't have that because then you can start with a clean plate, a clean slate, I should say, and write what's in your heart. What do you want from your company? It will have an emotional component to it. It must. The emotions, if you will, we call it love is what carries us. We can do a lot of things and do a lot of things well, but fundamentally when the going gets rough, it's the love that carries us. So love your company and find out how to speak that love. So that's the vision part. The next improvement element is mission. Mission is different. We're going to go into a break right now and, uh, and we will pick up mission right after the break. Okay, thank you very much. See you in a minute.
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Welcome to the unique job search community of Lynn Radice Live. You do have the power to land the perfect job. If you are unemployed or underemployed or looking for your next career move, tune in to Lynn Radice Live. Get a job, no excuses. This is a first-of-its-kind job empowerment show. Lynn will identify the most critical needs in today's job market and show you how you can get a top position today. Get ready. Let's get hired. Lynn Radice Live airs live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. Welcome back to the third segment of our show today. This is the Visual Workplace, and I am Gwendolyn Galsworth. We are learning about letting the workplace speak, this time, during this series, through the leader. And just before the break, I was saying how important it is, leaders, for you to bring your heart. Some of you have to find it first because you're under so much pressure and you've been led to believe that you need to park your heart at the door, even in the car with the window slightly cracked so it's still beating when you get off of work. But it's not true. It is your heart that you need to bring and make part of your work. And because visuality on every level, including the leadership executive level, is I-driven. The I, the you, you as an individual and you as a powerful resource need to be wholly there. Bring all of you, bring all of you to the game, right? So just before the break, we were going through vision. I talked about uh, Apple Computer and Scandia Airlines. Uh, We fly people, not planes, and, but I wanted to say to you before we move into mission that, you know, if you're listening and you are simply the head of a department, go through this as well. Make your own house, your own temple, your own operation systems improvement template. That means a template for improving your operationals, your operational system. Not in the computer, but in your company or, like I'm saying now, in your work area, in your 
department, if you're a manager or even a supervisor, I don't want I don't want to diminish the importance of that by saying and even a supervisor, but I want to contrast you are still the leader of that department or recast yourself as the leader on the departmental level and go through this, develop it. Your boss may not be doing it, but you do it. Have you found that you feel so much for the work and the people who are in your department for whom you are responsible and you can't find quite a way of expressing it or capturing it and yet you feel so much, use the house. Put a little roof on it, put your vision and I'm going to give you an example in just a second and then move down to your mission and walk through this. This is great training for you to become an executive if only in your mind, if only in your heart. Take a leadership position. These constructs will help you tremendously. So I'll tell you this story. This came from Kuzas and Posner. I love this story. It's about a department that took this on. The facilities department. They're in charge of the facilities, of fixing things, making things, make sure things are going, making sure the doors are, door locks are working, the lights are working, the rugs are smooth, nobody's tripping. You know, all of this environmental detail that we never bother with and also fixing the toilets. So this manager of the facilities department in this large site, he said, we are going to take this on. We're going to learn how to do this. And I want us to look for, he engaged people in this, which is, you you can do. I don't think it's a good idea to do if you're on the plant level. I think you really have to do this work singularly. But he was doing this with his group. And he said, we need to find a vision for ourselves. We need something that's very elevated, very inspirational. So one day, one of the guys was going in to fix the toilets. Something was overflowing. Someone called and said, oh, the toilet and the toilet down the hallway is overflowing. You have to come quick. And he goes, you know, and he does what he has to do and cleans it up and comes back to the lady and says, okay, it's done, ma'am. Thanks for your call. And she says this to him, oh, thank you. You've brightened my spirit. He went back to his boss. He said, you know what, boss? I got what we do. We brighten people's spirit. We brighten people's spirit. And that became their vision. That's what we do. This is what our department is about. We brighten people's spirit. Fantastic story, but you get the flavor of it. All right, let's look at mission. Mission is different. Mission is much more concrete. Mission tells us what, who, and how. What we are about, who does it, and how it gets done. You could think of it this way. The who is who's your target client. The what is the product or service that you provide. And the how is how you deliver it. One of my favorite is from an insurance company. Let me just find it in my notes. Excuse me for a moment. What did I do? Oh, yes, here it is. So this is a a great insurance. I don't actually don't know this insurance company very well at all, but this is what they say. They're called the Erie Insurance Company. We provide our policyholders with as near perfect protection, as near perfect service as is 
humanly possible, and we do so at the lowest possible cost. Let me say that again. To provide our policy, this is our mission, to provide our policyholders with as near perfect protection, as near perfect service as is humanly possible, and to do so at the lowest possible cost. This is our mission. Jake's Brakes in Connecticut. To build Jake's vehicle systems into the world-class supplier of vehicle retarding and engine valves actuation technologies as measured by our customers, shareholders, and associates. That's a mouthful. Here's one from about 150 years ago from Newport News Shipyard. We build good ships at a profit if we can, at a loss if we must, but always good ships. That's their mission. And so clarify that. What do I want this company to achieve specifically? What do I want us to accomplish specifically? Define the fundamental purpose of the enterprise or the department. Describe how you're going to achieve the vision. Before I mentioned the example of a vision statement, a world without poverty, the linked mission statement is providing jobs for the homeless and the unemployed. So we know immediately that in order to achieve the vision of a world without poverty, it isn't that we're going to give money away, but our mission says specifically we're going to provide jobs. And those jobs are going to be for those people who are currently in poverty, the homeless, and the unemployed. unemployed. So a company's mission statement guides its actions and its decision-making. It spells out its overall goal and provides the framework or the context within which the company's strategies are then formulated. I want you to get this kind of step down as we move down into this template from the customer, we know who that is, we know who our market is, we know who our target audience is, to the vision. Inspirationally, we know what we're about. It's big. Our vision statement is big enough for to hold our spirit. It has an emotional charge to it. We can get behind it. And we've identified a mission, a way to a framework within which we can formulate the strategies that will make the vision a reality, this kind of step down. I have seen many, many mission statements, and I will tell you that most that I've seen before they go through a process like this is simply a list. We're going to comply. We're going to identify waste. We're going to focus on connecting processes. We're going to adopt an environmentally, ecologically sound policy. We're going to make our business systems capable and in control. It's just a list. But the framework here, and I would suggest that you use this framework, is what, who, and how. What, who, and how. What are we going to do? Who's going to do it? It's going to be part of us. And how does it look or perform? What's the result of that? 
Erie Insurance again to provide our policyholders with as near perfect protection, as near perfect service as is humanly possible, and to do so at the lowest possible cost. Can you feel the tension between those components? Perfect protection, pretty close. Perfect service, pretty close. Lowest cost, wow. We're going to have to work really hard to get those three pieces to play with each other to balance each other, for us not to erase one of them in the service of the other. And you work on that. It's going to be your strategy is going to be focused on that. Okay? So we've done vision, I hope, enough for you to do some homework on this. Do your homework. We've done mission. It's going to take you a while to get the distinction between those two clear in your own mind on a piece of paper. It is well, well worth your time. Understand, leaders, you cannot lead without knowing what the destination is, and you cannot get others to follow you if you're not able to communicate that. And we live in a world of words, and these words have power if you make them powerful. It's well worth your time. The next, if you will, the third improvement element in this template the third improvement element is your values and beliefs you ask yourself what is the code of conduct that I want us to live by and work by what values and belief what values and beliefs do I want to guide me and this company as the mission unfolds when the vision is met. If your mission is to win the game, then your values and beliefs tell you how you want to play it. And as importantly, who you want to be when the game is over. This is very, very personal. It may come from your church, from your religion, from your spirituality, It may come from your experiences, for example, in the military. A very powerful set of values and beliefs govern the military and govern your engagement there. Who do you want to be when you reach your destination and at all the points along the way? Let me give you some examples. Ah, we're... Sliding into a break, I will give you examples when the break is over. So I'll see you in just a minute. I'll be here when you get back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. 
Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait. They just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, hi, welcome back. This is our final segment of the show today on visual leadership. We are currently looking at the first three levels of the house. The first three levels of the house. And just before the break, we were focused on values and beliefs. Your values and beliefs trigger emotional commitment. They are why you care and how you show that you care. They are why you care and how you show that you care. Beliefs are statements which are accepted as true and real about things that may or may not exist. They are beliefs, but we accept them as true and real. Values are ideals. They are important. They are lasting. And they are ideals about what is good what is bad, what is desirable, or what is not. So from that point of view, beliefs and values are a major influence over our behavior and over our attitude, and so over the company. They serve as broad guidelines in all situations. Broad guidelines. And when you clarify them, leaders, they will help you drive the company's priorities They will provide a framework in which decisions, your decisions are made. Let me give you some examples of values and beliefs. Just some simple ones. Show up. Stay open. Bias towards action. Tell the truth. Diversity matters. Trust. Deming's great one, drive out fear. Fairness. Respect each other. Find facts, not fault. Hmm? Support. Support. One particular leader that I worked with, this is his set, and it is integrity, fairness, sense of urgency. Those were for him the most important values to him. He did not do this by consensus. I'm looking at his house right now. It's a complete house, and I actually will be referring to it later 
This is the work of Ron Page, who is a tremendously talented turnaround guy in the aluminum casting industry. And when he went through this, it was him. It was himself he put on the page. And this is what was important to him, integrity, fairness, and a sense of urgency. He was like a dynamo. And he wanted other people's, other people, the people in his, the organization that he was there to help, to feel that same sense of urgency, a sense of excitement, a dynamic kind of commitment. Those were his values. And it was important for him to state it. Only three. You can have as many as you like, but usually it's three to five. So this is part, this is the top part of the house. When we meet next week, we will be looking at the strategic component, getting into the improvement aspects. But for this top part, you need to do your homework and ask yourself to what extent does the result of this homework inspire me, guide me, are these of use to me? for me to understand what we are about universally, globally on the highest level, the vision, the inspirational, emotive vision of what this company is about. For example, I'm working with an extrusion cap company in Rhode Island, and, you know, they're making a little flip-top caps. But when I went uh, to visit them, I found out that these caps came from the original owner whose, hu- whose wife had uh, um, a heart attack and was par- paralyzed on the uh, right side of her body and she couldn't get any bottles opened. She couldn't, take, she couldn't do the simplest things herself with her hands because the right side of her body was paralyzed. And so her husband invented her a way to flip the top with her left hand so she could make things open with her left hand. This is an inspirational genesis of the company, inspirational base that completely recasts my attitude towards flip-top bottles. I, first of all, took them for granted. Second of all, didn't give one single second of thought to why it was invented. I never even thought, why did they invent it? I only said, wow, this is great. This is good. I like this. So this flip-top Uh, company, looks like an extrusion plastic company, but it's got this gusto because it has an understanding of where it came from. And you, when you're around the people in this plant, the two or three hundred people on this plant, they're spirited and engaged because they already have a meaning to their work. They're doing something important and they know it. That's what you need to acquire for yourself. If you're feeling rusty and dusty about your role as a plant manager, a site manager, a leader, or a leader of a department, you'll have to find a way to pump yourself up, to get clear about what you're doing and why it's important. That's what vision and mission is. Because what you want to do is fire an improvement process. So you better make sure that what you're about is on the highest level worthy, worthy of you, worthy of your eye, your heart, your mind, the all of you. To what extent will that inspire you? To what extent will this homework that you're doing guide you? You have to be happy with these things. And I know, I know, 
I know all about the reasons not to do it. It takes too much time. If I do this by myself, what happens if other people don't agree with me? Everybody knows what's going on anyway. We have our goals. Why do we need a mission or a vision or values? We have goals. We have corporate goals or site goals. We have KPIs that are driving us. None of those feed our spirit. Those goals. Please take this on. Actually defining your vision and mission changes everything for you, first of all. And then for others. We'll talk about how to bring others on board. And when we do this work with executives, and most of the executives that I work with either don't do it, they haven't done it, I should say they do do it when they start working with us, they haven't done it, or they have adopted the corporate um, vision poster. We will place customers first. We will manufacture and deliver high quality, blah, blah, blah. It's rather sterile. Okay. So, I'd like you to take this on. I would be happy to look at anything you send me. I will not be able to, I don't think, be able to pick up the phone and talk to you about this or coach you. But I will be happy, more than happy, to look at anything you send me. And then we'll figure out a way for me to give you a response. Something that fits in your time and my time. And I'm talking to 70,000 people out there, so I'm you know, taking a, a chance. But if you get behind this, it could be so very, very important for your own work and for your, your own belief in yourself to be able to see yourself in the company that you are responsible for, in the department that you are charged with leading. Okay, And we're going to build this and take it a little bit further Next week when we get to strategy and then also next week we'll be looking at methods and, and uh, tactical focuses, which is really where this comes home to, to roost. So I will see you next week. I had a wonderful time with you today and I wish you happy visuality. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth and I'm signing off. appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.